Welcome to Between the Waves, the podcast all about how to create sustainable mental health to help you find a little bit of space between your waves. Hey everyone, it's Hannah here. Today I'm joined by Emma Cotton. Emma is a speaker, writer and founder of Isabella and Us. She is editor of the Positive Wellbeing Zine for Mums, an independent magazine for mums, and the host of the Positive Wellbeing podcast for mums, which I've appeared on. Emma is passionate about supporting mums on their journey to find their magic and has recently launched one-to-one sessions for mums to help them gain clarity, purpose and direction. Welcome, Emma. How are you doing? Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really good this morning. How are you? Yes, not too bad this morning. Thank you. Not too bad. The sun is finally out, so I'm feeling a bit happier. (laughs) Actually feels like July. (laughs) Which is all good. And I, I'm so excited to finally get you on the podcast. We've been do- trying to get this in the diary, haven't we, for ages since I appeared on your <laughs> podcast. And it's just been one thing after another. But I'm so glad you're finally able to join me today. And I'm super glad because this episode is going to be coming out when um, your latest edition of the magazine is out, which I've written an article for. So I'm super excited for all of that. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It is, it's going to be great. And um, and I know that you, when we talked before on your podcast, you know, you started the, the magazine and your podcast from a similar sort of mental health reason to me, really, you know, becoming a parent and, and has, has its impacts, doesn't it? So why don't we just dive right in and get stuck into your mental health story? Yeah, so um, I had my daughter, Isabella, um, who my business is named after, um, in December uh, 2017 just just before Christmas um and I'd struggled throughout the pregnancy um with sickness um we think undiagnosed HG um but we never really got anywhere there was you know I felt like uh, throughout that you know my voice was was just not heard and I think even before I had Isabella I was I was struggling um but we just didn't know to what extent um and then obviously she arrived into the world just before Christmas, um, which is an incredibly, um, I'm sure there's no easy time to have a baby. Um, but that felt incredibly difficult yeah. with the pressures, you know, of visitors, of, you know, people who wouldn't necessarily normally have been home, were home. Um, and I spent a lot of time, you know, in those first early weeks, I didn't rest. The day after I was up, you know, Chris and Isabella were still asleep and I was up um I'd unpacked my hospital bag I'd had a shower washed my hair put makeup on and like this is like hours after I'd given birth and I kind of just continued in that like yeah my life hasn't changed at all everything's fine while trying to come to terms with the fact that we just had a baby that she didn't want to sleep she was struggling to feed um she had oral thrush and that was like a huge other kind of you know whirlwind of you know lack of support and not really understanding what was happening um and how we could you know move forward from that and I think a lot of that stuff that happened really early on in those first few weeks had such a huge impact but we didn't really realize until later yeah and we kind of continued down this you know like yeah everything's fine I'll leave the house I put my makeup on I'll go to the baby classes and I'll do this and I'll do that and it's all fine 
But actually, when I was on my own with it, I wanted nothing more than to not be in that situation. And, you know, whenever someone would come around, so my mum used to come around like every single afternoon. Like, I think she knew that I was struggling, but no one had said anything um, to kind of the extent that I was struggling. Um, and she'd come around after she'd finished work and I'd just hand over Isabella and then I would just go and do whatever. I just didn't want to be in that situation. Um, and it's not that Isabella wasn't cared for when I was with her because she was. It was just that this was not what I expected motherhood to be like. This was not what I was prepared for. I was prepared for, you know, to fall in love with my baby straight away and to settle into this new kind of role like instantly. And mm. that, you know, that is not the reality. You know, um, I didn't feel that, you know, rush of love when she was handed to me. Um, and she was kind of passed then straight to Chris because I was just like, I can't deal with this right now. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not ready for this and you know she was so wanted and you know when, when I say these things it's almost like you know my expectation and the reality they're two very very different things and you know we you know we continued and you know I tried to kind of hold things together for as long as I could and then it got to a point where I was just like I literally I can't do this anymore I do not want to be in this house do not want to be a mom and you know the reality of that situation could have been that I could have you know walked out and Mm. left her and left my marriage and you know our home and everything but I realized that I didn't want to feel this way any longer I didn't want to not have that relationship with my daughter that you know I'd seen so many other mums have with theirs and just thinking like I can't even talk to my daughter I don't know what to say to her um and it seems to come so easy to other people and it just really, really didn't. And I sent a message to a friend on Instagram, you know, someone who I really trusted and I knew who would just be like, actually, yeah, you do need, you do need to go and see the doctor. Like now you have to do something. It's not going to get any better unless you do something. And she really just reinforced what I already knew. I already knew I needed to go and get help. Um, I just needed someone else to say it for me and to I guess hold me accountable to going to get that help yeah when I told Chris later that evening like he was I don't think he knew what to say or what to think you know people had you know as I said before they knew that I was struggling but it wasn't to the extent that I think people realized so I went to the doctors the next day um and funnily enough I wasn't even going to say that I was struggling I was going because I had tonsillitis (laughs) but in a way you know it was a reason for me to go to the doctors and I don't think I would have gone had I not had that other reason to go um and he was a doctor who we'd we'd met with before when Isabella you know really really early on when Isabella was struggling with her oral thrush and we'd had a six-week checkup with him so I knew him and I knew that he also had kids and at the end after we you know he'd sorted out the medication to help my my throat feel much better um he said is there anything else and I just broke down and that moment it's like leaving that appointment was like such a weight off my shoulders that actually I knew that I was going to get some help and just saying those words to somebody who was going to do something just it just felt like such a huge huge step and obviously then went through counselling um, and that, that did help. 
at that at that point but then you know going back to work was another huge shift and that had such a huge huge impact because by that point I'd built up this relationship with my daughter so the Mm. feelings of like leaving her were completely opposite to be like actually I don't want to be not with you but I have to go to work Um, and I found that really really difficult and I think as a result of that and then obviously everything with her first birthday and things that happened around that time the previous year and there was a lot of stuff to kind of still unpack and kind of process um and then ended up you know having to you know finding myself back in that place again where actually I wasn't feeling well and needed to kind of move forward um and knew that I didn't want to feel that way so self-referred for some further counseling and it was then that you know we really started to unpick those triggers and those negative thoughts and a a really big thing for me was that I was absolutely convinced that someone was going to turn up at the door and take her away from me that she wasn't my own Mm. and that I was so convinced in that and I don't know why because obviously that is isn't the case even if you are really struggling with mental health you know they try and keep families together so that was a thing and that was a big you know kind of revelation for me and you know now we're <laughs> three and a half years down the line and <laughs> trying to work out then <laughs> how old she is now um three and a half years down the line and you know I don't I don't think that you ever really truly recover it's yeah. it's still a roller coaster you know kind of ride and there will always be ups and downs but we know how as a family you know not just me as a family we know how to better manage that and when I need that time and I need that space you know we work out a way to make that happen so that I don't end up back in that situation and lockdown really brought up a lot of those um, initial feelings for me again and again that resulted in I had CBT um, earlier this year and that again was you know part of that process of really trying to deal with you know all that stuff and I think some of it is stuff even before I had Isabella um but knowing that when I get to that point I have to reach out for support um whatever that support looks like you know whether it is going to the GP whether it is self-referring or whether it's something that I can do at home and you know all that experience all that kind of journey you know she said um about the positive well-being zine for mums you know it led me to producing that and you know that will be three years old in August which is you know amazing and yeah I'm so grateful actually for the experience that I had with postnatal depression that I have been able to do something positive from that and it has completely changed who I am completely you know made me reevaluate and work out exactly who I am what I have to offer this world and when I look back and you know when, when we talk about it when I talk about it with you know anybody else I don't regret any of that like it is what made me who I am and the person who is able to do things like this and put the magazine out into the world and all this kind of new wonderful exciting stuff that I'm now going to be doing with mums in terms of one-to-one coaching and facilitation you know I wouldn't be in this place had that not happened Mm. and that's that's so true of lots of people I speak to is that we all get to the point I think many of us get to the point where we're but we have periods where we're better than others but it's still a not a linear path to a you know 
hallowed space of recovery you know yeah it's it's still always there and it still shapes most of the things that we do and how we approach day-to-day life doesn't it you know it impacts everything and even when you're in quite a good place it's still there you know the the memory of that like you say you know with the work that you've done with the podcast and the magazine which is just incredible you know that's driven from that real dark place and yet it's bringing so much light into the world and and it's just phenomenal that you can achieve something like that after you know being in such a low place I was just gonna say I just think it makes you re-evaluate everything doesn't it and that actually it does completely change your life when you go through something like that and when you are experiencing a mental health illness day to day but working towards that place where you are in a good space whatever that looks like and as you said like it doesn't mean that it happens every day but actually as a human we feel a huge range of emotions don't we and it's okay to feel all that and to go through that process I think it's just making sure that you have that support in place when you aren't at your greatest yeah definitely and and knowing what works for you you know being able to get to the point where you found out what works for you is a a whole journey in itself isn't it you know and it's (laughs) it's partly luck of the draw I find when it comes to approaching GPs for support and and also different types of therapy you know there are there are so many different options out there and you're really lucky I think if you find what works for you first time because because it's just so varied and we all need something slightly different or a slightly different approach to it but when you do find that thing that works it's it's great isn't it it's really reassuring you're like oh finally you know I I know what to do here this is this is the process and then if it happens again I know that I can come back to this it's just it's such a a fantastic support to have that knowledge isn't it definitely and I think as you said like what works for one doesn't work for other like I definitely preferred counseling to CBT I found CBT really difficult to kind of navigate but even just like simple things and it's not you know it's this isn't a fix for you know actually having professional therapy but for me getting outside is a huge huge thing that I know I need to do in order to keep me feeling okay um when we moved to our new house and um, obviously we had a week of packing this was during like the little gap where we were able to go and do stuff last year um <laughs> and so we moved moved to our new house and I literally didn't leave the house for two weeks and I remember like I've not left the house why have I not left the house and feeling like that dip was coming again and knowing that actually if I don't do something about this now this is this is going to continue and then I'm going to struggle to do other things. And I think, you know, sometimes just taking those small steps. I think that first day, like we went for a walk around the block. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't even do it on my own. And that's that feels quite difficult to, you know, kind of think back on all, all those little things that actually it does take just someone else to be, OK, come on, I'm going to do this with you, whatever that is. Mm. But to have that support is so incredible. And to have you know a toolkit of different resources that you can tap into and that other people know that you might need to access those when you aren't feeling at your greatest that's just amazing and having those you know and they're not easy conversations to have are they they're really not um I remember telling my mum like the first time you know after I'd had that appointment with the doctors and she was like are are you sure 
are you sure that's what's happening and now she's just like okay well what do we need to do you're not feeling great like what what are we going to do and she knows um it took my dad a long time to have those conversations as well and to kind of be be open to that and I think it must be really difficult mustn't it for other people around you you know it it doesn't just impact you it impacts the full family you you know those people that you interact with It, it, it has a huge impact on them as well it does and I am still in that space where I'm struggling to say I'm in a bad place or I'm heading down that road I need some additional support or even just could you just pick up the kids today I need a break you know I'm even struggling with that still and it's really it's a really tough journey to get on and that's not because my family aren't supportive because they absolutely are you know they're they've been incredible but it's within me you know I'm struggling to go yeah I'm not in a great place right now I struggle to accept that when it's coming (laughs) which I think if I if I got to that point earlier I probably you know the dips would be less you know yeah it'd be good so moving us on then as we've talked about all manner of things in terms of support (laughs) and how we can operate things so what would be your change one thing that you'd recommend I think the only thing that I would change is asking for help sooner and not waiting those five months you know I, I don't even know how how that would look how it would how would it work, how it would have worked but just asking for that help sooner and not letting it get to a point where I could have easily walked out on my husband on my child on our home and the life that we built together um I didn't want to harm myself I just didn't want to be in that situation anymore yeah I think just seeking out help sooner you know I knew that I was struggling um but saying that, it does take a lot to reach out for that support in that first instance, doesn't it? And ask for help. You know, as you said, it is a big, big thing. And it takes a lot of work to be able to do that. Yeah. So as an individual, it's about being able to reach out for help as soon as you feel you need it or as soon as things just yeah. don't feel right. And as, as an ally, it's about creating that environment for people to be able to be open about I feel like I'm starting to struggle or I feel, I feel like things, something doesn't feel right. I don't know what to do. You know, creating that environment where people feel able to just open up to you is so important, isn't it? It is. And actually I had a conversation yesterday with um, someone who was struggling with their pregnancy and, you know, we had a a chat and, you know, I know that really helps her just knowing that there are people out there, you know, that you can talk to, whether it's a friend, whether it's a partner. And obviously, you know, seeking out that professional support is so important. And it's not an easy thing. It's, it, you know, it's really, really not. But accessing that, you know, that that's the first, first step, isn't it? And, you know, while you wait for that professional support, you know, accessing other things that you might be able, you know, that might be able to help you, even if it's, you know, listening to meditations to help you try and get some rest, even if it's not actually falling asleep, but just getting some rest you know we know how important rest is to be able to recover your body to you know do what it needs to do you know accessing that support and that that's the only thing that I would change because you know having gone through this journey obviously still being on this journey none of what I've done um who I've become would have happened without that um you know as I said before I am so grateful that you know I don't look back on it as you know as much as it was one of the darkest points of our lives I don't look back on it you know negatively yeah and I think 
acceptance that that is you know who you are and what happened and moving to a place of kindness and compassion for yourself that actually you know you are going to have those tough days and that is okay that is okay you know there are good days you know coming too magic thank you so much Emma it's been lovely to speak to you today and I can't wait to see the next edition of the magazine thank you thank you so much Hannah thank you so much for listening today Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it's ready and to help other people find us. See you next time.